0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta. At Delta Airlines, we're committed to donating 1% of our net profits to charities around the world. For more information about Delta, visit Delta.com. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, June 12th. In today's news, victims of domestic abuse and gang violence will no longer qualify for asylum in the United States. Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner made at least $82 million in outside income last year. And the Supreme Court votes to uphold Ohio's strict law on purging the voter rolls. But first, the big idea. In Kim, he trusts. President Trump says he developed a very special bond with North Korean leader Kim Jong-un during their historic Four hour summit in Singapore on Tuesday, and he proclaimed the start of a new era that could break a cycle of nuclear brinkmanship and stave off a military confrontation. During an hour long news conference before getting on Air Force One to fly back to Washington, Trump said Kim, quote, reaffirmed his commitment to denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula and also agreed to destroy a missile site in the country. The president sounded a triumphant tone following his meeting with the 34 year old dictator expressing a high degree of confidence that Kim is serious about abandoning the nuclear program and transforming his country from an isolated rogue regime into a respected member of the world community. Trump said he's a good judge of people, and his gut tells him that North Korea won't break this deal the way that they have with the previous three American presidents. But Trump provided few specifics about what steps Kim will actually take to back up his promise— and how the United States will verify that they're following through, saying that'll all be worked out in future talks. In exchange, Trump announced that he will order an end to regular war games that the United States conducts with allies South Korea. These annual joint military exercises have long been an irritant to North Korea. So under the circumstances that we're negotiating a very comprehensive, complete deal, I think it's inappropriate to be having war games. So number one, we save money a lot. And number two, uh, it really is something that I think they very much appreciated. Trump says the exercises are very provocative and inappropriate in light of the optimistic opening he sees with North Korea. South Korea's presidential office seemed blindsided by the announcement. Separately, Trump says human rights issues were raised during his meetings with Kim, but he did not give details. After the series of meetings at Singapore's secluded and opulent Capella Resort, The two leaders sat beside each other and signed what Trump called a very comprehensive agreement. The document wasn't immediately released, but Trump held aloft a copy and news photographers were able to capture some of its text. Images show that the agreement includes a pledge by Trump to quote, provide security guarantees to North Korea. But the document is also just an outline. It's broad strokes with no specifics or deadlines. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number 1. Attorney General Jeff Sessions has ruled that victims of domestic abuse and gang violence generally will no longer qualify for asylum under U.S. law. The decision overturns a 2016 decision that said a battered woman from El Salvador was eligible for asylum. This latest salvo in Trump's crackdown on immigrants may affect tens of thousands of foreign nationals who are already living in the United States. In related news, It turns out that a father who killed himself after being separated from his family and placed in a Texas jail was fleeing violence in Honduras after the slaying of his brother-in-law. His suicide has raised new concerns about the psychological strain endured by migrants and their family members, especially as the Trump administration seeks to enforce its zero-tolerance policy of taking kids from their parents when they're caught at the border. Number two. Trump's daughter Ivanka and his son-in-law Jared Kushner made at least $82 million in outside income last year while serving as staffers in the White House. That's according to financial disclosure forms that were suspiciously released at the same time as the Singapore summit, almost certainly so that we wouldn't pay attention to them as much. Ivanka Trump earned almost $4 million from her stake in the Trump Hotel in D.C. and more than $2 million in severance from the Trump Organization. Meanwhile, Kushner reported over $5 million in income from an apartment complex that he acquired last year in Virginia. The filings show how the couple are collecting immense sums from other enterprises while making consequential decisions in the White House. Ethics experts warn that this creates serious conflicts of interest. Both Ivanka and Jared have supposedly given up daily oversight of these businesses as they work as unpaid senior advisors to the president. But while Kushner divested some of the holdings, he and his wife have maintained large stakes in businesses with foreign ties. Number three, conservatives on the Supreme Court voted to uphold Ohio's aggressive method of purging its voter rolls of anyone who fails to participate in a federal election. Federal law prohibits removing voters simply because they fail to vote, but it also calls on states to keep accurate tallies and rolls and allows them to come up with their own systems for removing voters that they believe have moved or died. It's no surprise this case comes from Ohio, which has the nation's strictest law on removing voters and is, of course, a perennial presidential battleground. The state sends a notice after a voter skips a single federal election cycle. If the voter fails to respond and doesn't vote in the next two elections, he or she is presumed to have moved and is taken off the rolls. Republicans say the integrity of the process demands ensuring that only the eligible vote, Democrats say that voter fraud is practically non-existent, and the goal should be to enfranchise all who are eligible. The court's 5-4 ruling on party lines prompted widespread criticism. Civil rights advocates say that the law disproportionately hurts low-income and minority voters. Critics also worry that the decision will embolden conservatives elsewhere to purge the rolls more aggressively in their states. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, June 12th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.